Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Smells like football, baby. <laughs> What is up, guys? Welcome in to the Fantasy Football Smackdown. I'm your host, Kyle August. It's been a minute, baby. It's good to be back behind the mic. Appreciate you guys checking out today's show. Recording this on August 1st. Dynasty season, of course, never ends. But redraft season is kicking into high gear here as we enter the month of August. First off, I just want to say from the top of the show, appreciate all you guys who reached out throughout the summer wondering where the Smackdown go, what happened. Uh, this necessarily wasn't a planned thing to take the summer off, but, uh, had taken a week off work, got crazy. Life got crazy. As you guys can probably relate to one week turned into two, two turned into three. And finally, uh, Memphis had to do a wellness check on me and, uh, I appreciate his understanding and you guys as well for, uh, having to take this summer off. It was definitely needed. I uh, feel recharged, ready to go after doing a podcast every week for five years. Uh, I definitely needed the step back. Uh, but I'm feeling damn good about the 2022 season, and I'm looking forward to hanging out with you guys uh, through the entire month of August and then covering some valuable in-season content as well for you guys so that we can get those ships. Uh, before we get started, just want to kind of lay out what the SmackDown is going to look like and what you guys can come to expect. So if you guys have been around the Warzone Network for a while, might be familiar with the SmackDown show, uh, but mainly this show is focused on in-season, uh, 2022 covering the seasonal leagues that you guys are in. Obviously, we know that Redraft is the gateway drug to Dynasty Leagues, and I love Dynasty. I'm in more Dynasty Leagues than Redraft Leagues these days for sure, as I'm sure you guys can relate to if you're listening to this show. But you still want to prove how good you are at fantasy football. You still want to take down your family members or your coworkers or whoever, your buddies that you're still in leagues with that are just still Redraft Leagues. So Redraft is not a four-letter word here. Uh, on the Warzone Network. I know Dynasty is king, but I love redraft still, and I'm going to get you guys set so you can kind of calibrate that Dynasty mind into dominating your redraft leagues as well. So the month of August, what's this going to look like? On today's show, kind of kicking off redraft season, I'm going to be covering 10 players that Dynasty owners should not over or undervalue in redraft. Again, calibrating that mind. Some of these players might be studs in Dynasty leagues, but maybe not as much in redraft leagues or vice versa as we head into 2022. So we're going to start with that today. Going to get the quarterback preview out to you guys later on this week, first week of August. Going to nail the quarterbacks, going to talk strategy, going to kind of look at the landscape of the position and break that down for you, mixing a little bit of rankings in there as well. 
We're going to cover the rest of the positions throughout the month of August, talk more strategy, maybe do a mock draft or two on this show, have a couple good guests lined up as well per usual. And then before we know it, it'll be kickoff. We know we got preseason football right around the corner, but we're just about a month away from the NFL season kicking off. And uh, the in-season content will be coming at you, covering all your waiver wire needs here on the Fantasy Football Smackdown. I'm sure we'll be doing some start-sit stuff throughout the year as well. So just want to thank you guys for tuning in. If you've been around, you know what to expect here. If you're new, now you know. uh, And looking forward to hanging out with you boys in 2022. And thank you to all the Warzone Network guys for holding it down, putting out great content every single week. I've been listening when I can, uh, and it's been good stuff. I've been jealous. I wish I could. Hop behind the mic a little bit sooner than now, but I feel like I'm much prepared, recharged, and ready to go to bring you guys great shows throughout the month of August all the way through the 2022 season. So let's get started. These are 10 players that Dynasty owners shouldn't over or undervalue in redraft leagues for 2022. Got a couple of quarterbacks we're going to kick this thing off with. And at the top of the board, number one on this list is Russell Wilson. My warning here is don't undervalue him. I know in dynasty leagues he's you know he's over that 30 age 30 season and he's he's not in anybody's top 6 or 7 or maybe you're probably even 8 cuz you still got these young guys that maybe are a little bit more unproven but for redraft 2022 even with a new squad I think Russell Wilson is going to return to being a stud for fantasy football. He has been a stud over the course of his fantasy fantasy career. Obviously we remember going goldfish style on us, right? Just one year ago, 2021, super disappointing. The Seahawks were horrible. Russ got injured in 14 games. It was the first season since 2016 that Russell Wilson did not throw for at least 30 touchdowns. I still think that's his floor here, moving from Seattle to Denver. Yes, he loses DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, but now he inherits Cortland Sutton, who looks like he's healthy, ready to go. Jerry Judy, who luckily dodged some offseason problems, and he looks healthy and ready to go after an in- injury plague 2021 season. Also has Tim Patrick back. Uh, and then some nice weapons underneath as well when you talk about Melvin Gordon, Javante Williams, and Alberto at tight end, while while unproven, uh, did show last year flashes. So he's going to carry the load now at the tight end position without Noah Fant. But I think these are great weapons for Russ Wilson. He's also going to be paired with first-time head coach Nathaniel Hackett, who's coming into Denver, and he's already said he's going to let Russ run the pace of this offense. Uh, I think when you look at the weapons around Russell Wilson, 30 touchdowns should be the floor for him uh, in 2022. In in the seasons before 2021, he was a top six quarterback in points per game, three of the four seasons, and the one season he wasn't, he was QB 12. Uh, Russ right now is going towards around QB 10 in fantasy leagues and drafts, and while I don't think you have to reach for him uh, to take him inside that top six, I think he has a great uh, chance to finish there. And while he's not the rusher he once was, so he's not going to be that Konami code uh, QB for you guys, I'd still take him over the legs of Joe Burrow, Matthew Stafford, and even Jalen Hurts. For me, I know Hurts is a little bit different because he's his own kind of guy. But I think Russell Wilson is just so safe, so steady over the course of his career. I think that translates over to Denver. I think this is going to be the time for Russell Wilson to regain his fantasy form that we did not see in 2021. So do not undervalue Russell Wilson, quarterback of the Denver Broncos. Still feels weird to say. Still feels weird to say. Second quarterback here that I'm going to warn you guys about is not to overvalue my boy Dak Prescott. I love Dak. Don't get me wrong. In Dynasty, I'm still buying this man up if he's discounted. A year ago, he was a top five Dynasty quarterback for me. Slid down just just a little bit, but still love Dak Prescott for Dynasty. He's my QB7 in Dynasty. And he's somebody that you should continue to target, build around, 
and feel confident as your QB1 if you're rolling a Dynasty Superflex League. But when I'm talking about 2022, I do have some concerns. Number one is they tr- they got rid of Amari Cooper for a bag of peanuts, and they re-signed Michael Gallup, Dalton Schultz. Schultz being in uh, back in Dallas is definitely a plus. He shined in 2021, had a great season, and was perfect for Dak Prescott. The fact that Schultz had the franchise tag, did not get a long-term extension, but is in camp not holding out is also another plus for Dak Prescott. However, with Amari Cooper gone and Michael Gallup being re-signed, Gallup is not going to be ready for the start of the season. He's already come out and said that. Despite all the glowing reports that we hear this time of year and all these players that are ahead of schedule and they're going to be out there week one and whatever that means, because a lot of times it ends up, yeah, they're technically out there week one, but they're not ready to go. I don't expect Michael Gallup to be on the field before week four, and he might be a candidate for the pub list to miss the first six weeks of the season, in my opinion. He didn't have a surgery until late in the offseason due to some complications waiting, waiting. So I believe it was February that he had that, that surgery to repair that knee. And without Michael Gallup on the field, they're going to be reliant on rookie Jalen Tolbert. James Washington had a foot injury today in practice, so he's probably not going to be out there uh, from the sounds of it. So they're really shorthanded at the wide receiver position. Now, CeeDee Lamb should be good. This is do or die, though, for CeeDee Lamb's dynasty dynasty and redraft prospects. If you think this guy is as good as we think he could be. His first two years were not studly, but they were solid. I think he's going to get a lot more targets, a lot more attention from Dak Prescott. And with Schultz underneath, that should be enough for Dak Prescott to be a top 12 fantasy quarterback as he's been over the course of his career. However, I think he he just, he just doesn't have the extreme upside that we might have seen from him in the past. And that's mainly just due to volume. In 2019, just under 600 pass attempts, really solid season, over 30 touchdowns, uh, almost 5,000 yards. Great season for Dak Prescott. Good uh, and good weapons around him. You look at 2020, we all know what happened, had the injury, was played about a month, but his on-pace numbers were insane because the defense in Dallas was putrid. He was on a pace for over 700 pass attempts. He was throwing the ball 40-plus times a game. When he comes back in 2021, is that we kind of thr- – the Dallas Cowboys throttled that back down. He still was around 600 pass attempts in his 16 starts in 2021. Looked solid, but with the, with worse weapons now in Dallas – and an improved defense that surprised many in the 2021 season. I expect Dak Prescott and Dallas Cowboys to run a more conservative offense, run it through those running backs a little bit more. And the one thing that we also saw when you compare 596 pass attempts, which weirdly enough was the same exact total from 2019 to 2021, is that his yardage went way down. His depth of target went way down. And with Amari Cooper no longer in Dallas, I think that Dak Prescott could be, while solid and definitely a starting top 12 quarterback he's just not a guy that i'm going to target in 2022 and to put a cherry on top of that returning from that that ankle injury he had already had a career low in rushing yards 277 in 2019 dipped to 146 last season they will still use him in short yardage they'll still use him at the goal line they while he only ended up with one rushing touchdown last year there were opportunities that they tried to leverage him i don't think that that's going to be a huge part of his game and without that you're looking at comparing him more closely to the Joe Burrows or Matthew Stafford's other group, um, Aaron Rodgers, right? So Dak, solid weapons, good enough. Fantasy viable for sure. Dynasty, bye. Give me that, man. But for right now, I have a little bit of concern of his weapons heading into the early start of the season. He's not a guy that I'm going to be looking to target, so do not overvalue Dak Prescott. All right, I got two running back candidates, and this is always tough when you look at the running backs. There's not that many guys. I mean, there. I mean, and there's always this line where you're like, well, yes, of course you're going to talk negatively about him. He sucks, right? Or this guy's a stud. I don't need to hear about him. 
But there are a few guys. There's this group. There's this tier that's just outside the top 10 that I think is interesting. First guy I'm going to talk about here is a warning not to undervalue him. And that is James Conner. This is not a, something that I thought I would slap him with uh, six months ago. Because Conner, as, as the 2021 season ended, you took a look at his stat line, was unbelievable. He was RB5 in PPR on just 202 rushing attempts and 37 receptions. All of that being propped up by 18 total touchdowns, 15 on the ground, three through the air, and just over a thousand yards, total yards. Connor was a guy for me that I was like regression candidate. It screams it. Even if he comes back to Arizona, he's going to have a, he's going to have a partner in crime there, right? Like he had with Chase Edmonds. I don't really see that working out. The offseason couldn't have been kinder to James Connor. Not only is Kyler Murray all settled beyond testing positive for COVID today, uh, the offense is intact. Uh, they brought in some additional weapons on the outside as well with Hollywood Brown. I think that Connor, what them not at, not bringing back Chase Edmonds, not adding a substantial running back behind him, whether it be in the draft or free agency, this should be James Connor's job to own. Well, I think 18 touchdowns is going to be tough for him to replicate. In his six games without Chase Edmonds last year, he had 25 total catches. He's had a 50 catch season while he was in Pittsburgh not too long ago. And I think as being ranked at running back 15 right now, this is definitely a guy that we should be taking a look at, similar in the vein of Leonard Fournette, in my opinion, of guys that, yeah, for Dynasty, there might not be a guy that's super sexy or somebody that you want on your roster you're targeting long-term because their prospects should be short. But when you look at James James Conner right now and what is what else is in that backfield with him, Williams and Eno Benjamin, I think this is totally James Conner's job. The goal line work will be his for sure, just like we saw last season. Uh, and I think the 37 receptions should bump up quite a bit. Like I said, 25 receptions just in the six games without Chase Edmonds, without a partner in time like Chase Edmonds in that backfield. I think James Conner is in for another big season, and I'm going to take him just outside the top 10 in fantasy redraft leagues in tw- for 2022. Another running back, though, that I'm warning you not to overvalue, you dynasty owners out there. This kid is a blue chip stud for dynasty owners, and he's ta- he was talked about a lot this offseason, but it's Javante Williams. Now, don't get me wrong. He's going to be the running back one in Denver. It sounds pretty clear. He's going to be the featured guy. Even when them bringing Melvin Gordon back, who had a really good year last year, Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams split carries down the middle last year, 203 apiece. The numbers were pretty similar outside of Melvin Gordon getting more of those goal line looks, eight rushing touchdowns to Javante's four. Javante did have the edge over Melvin Gordon in the passing game with 43 receptions. Solid rookie season from for Javante Williams. And I expect his sophomore season to be fine as well. But when you look at what Melvin Gordon did last year, again, same team, different offense, finishing around running back 20. I think Javante Williams is a little bit closer to that than where he's being ranked right now, which is just outside the top 12. I think for Javante Williams, this is a situation where we have a little bit of unknown with Nathaniel Hackett coming in. When you look at his last three years in green Bay, Aaron Jones never had more than 236 attempts. This was a split backfield, regardless if it was AJ Dillon, or Jamal Williams. And in Denver, I think that while Javante Williams should be the featured guy, I'm not sure that featured guy equals 280 attempts or 310 total total touches, right? I think Javante Williams is going to be in line for a similar season to last year, hopefully with goal line work. And that should put him somewhere in the maybe 15 to 18 range with upside. But I just think there's guys that are safer. In my opinion, previously mentioned James Conner, Leonard Fournette, Alvin Kamar. It's sounding like today that his suspension might get pushed all the way until 2023. 
uh, and even Aaron Jones. I think all of those guys are are not only safer options, but have just as much upside as Javante Williams now with running back made Melvin Gordon there in Denver. So for Dynasty, again, punch the ticket, go get this guy. If anyone, if if there's a dip at all in season, this is a guy you want on your squad. I, I, lo- I love the talent, but I'm not going to overvalue him in redraft league. You're looking at a very small window, one year. Uh, and for me, I'm going to bump Williams a little bit further down in my rankings than the consensus right now. All right. Moving on to the wide receivers. And this first one, I'm probably going to mention this name on the show a billion times because this guy intrigues the hell out of me uh, for 2022. And it all started at Scott Fishbowl live draft in Chicago, uh, 4th of July weekend. Great time. Shout out to Scott Fish, John McGlynn, uh, everybody that was a part of putting that together. There were three simultaneous SFB drafts going on at one time. And it, it, it was awesome. And it was great just chatting it up with everybody and, and getting their opinions and everybody's different, differing strategies. One of the picks that jumped out to me more than anything across all three drafts, when you're looking at the draft board at the end, you guys have all been there. You're sit back, you're looking at it. You're, you're evaluating teams on the fly. You're loving where, you know, oh, I got ahead of this run. And the one pick that jumped out to me the most at SFB 12 was in one of the leagues, not the one I was in, but in one of the leagues, there was a team now granted back end of the fifth, but at the 512, this team took Gabriel Davis as his wide receiver one, SFB scoring, Superflex, all those things. I get it. But Gabriel Davis as his wide receiver one at the end of the fifth round blew me away. I know Davis had a crazy end of the year postseason for the Bills. Emmanuel Sanders is gone. Everything's roses for Gabe Davis as Josh Allen will be flicking the ball over to him, right? I'm not buying it yet. Uh, he had. 45 receiving yards in 2021, two times. Uh, Just 63 targets in each of his past two seasons. And while Buffalo does have some targets leaving, for sure, 112 vacated targets from Cole Beasley, 72 from Emmanuel Sanders. They still have, Isaiah McKenzie keeps getting hyped nonstop. Uh, They they do have some rookie talent that they brought in. They brought in Jameson Crowder as well. I like Gabe Davis. Don't get me wrong. I'll take a shot on him. I, I think that he could be a really solid, 908. I think that's I think that's upside for Gabe Davis. But where he's being taken right now, which is about 24th overall amongst the receivers, I just think Stefan Diggs is too good, demands too many targets that for Gabe Davis to to return where you have to take him right now. The price tag is just too high. For Dynasty, totally different story. But for redraft 2022, I just don't see the upside of taking that risk on this player to produce at that high a level. So I'm warning you guys, do not overvalue Gabe Davis uh, for 2022 redraft leagues. We'll see. Again, I'm going to talk about this man even a lot more, especially as we get through the wide receiver preview. But this is a polarizing player, in my opinion. And right now, I'm, I'm throwing the I'm throwing the brakes on him just a bit. The sixth player uh, on this list, another wide receiver to touch on here. This is another warning. Do not overvalue. I love the talent. I love Brown, AJ Brown, of course, of the Philadelphia Eagles traded this offseason, given a monster, monster extension. And again, I love the talent, but I hate the quarterback situation. And for dynasty, I'm willing to bank that Jalen Hurts probably won't be the quarterback in Philly next season uh, and going forward. So I'm okay investing in AJ Brown from a dynasty perspective. But for 2022, this man's name is going to get him ranked a little bit too high. Jalen Hurts ranked 29th in attempts per game with 28 attempts uh, last season. He had 409. He had an on-pace number of 490. That's not enough. 
Um, AJ Brown is a top six dynasty wide receiver for me, no question, but that will not be heavily based off of what the expected production for me uh, and what I'm projecting him for 2022. You look at Devonta Smith last year, paired with Dallas Goddard and the tight end usage there. Smith was wide receiver 30 overall with just 104 targets. I know AJ Brown has produced uh, over the course of his career on low target numbers. Don't get me wrong. Um, 105, 106 the last two seasons. So that is more in line with what he's doing. But those quality of targets still are going to speak volumes, in my opinion. The other thing you look at is no other wide receiver on this team had more than 62 targets. So now when you factor in A.J. Brown, Devonta Smith, Dallas Goddard, I don't think there's enough to go around in this offense if you're talking about a 500 on 500 attempt pace for Jalen Hurts. Uh, so for me, A.J. Brown, still going to be somebody that I'm scooping up. I'm in Dynasty Leagues. I'm buying the dip because I think it's going to be a down season for A.J. Brown. But for redraft leagues, I'm just not going to get him where he's going right now, which is still going to be in that top 10 uh, of fantasy wide receivers. Uh, no, thanks. No, thanks for me. I'm going to pass on AJ Brown for 2022. I got two more wide receivers for you guys to be careful of in your redraft leagues this year. And they're both rookies. The first of which I'm going to Atlanta talking about Drake London. And I'm telling you guys don't undervalue this kid. The rookie wide receiver walks into a situation where he is the only show in town in that wide receiver room. Now, yes, Kyle Pitts, of course, 110 targets last year. Really good season from a rookie tight end, and he still should be solid in 2022. And yes, I know they have no quarterback there, but I don't care because when you take a look at what else is in that wide receiver room for the Atlanta Falcons, there is no one. They didn't even they didn't even try to bring anybody else in. It's Drake London. It's Kyle Pitts. That's it. That's the list. Cordell Patterson out of the backfield. Yes, they might line him up at wide receiver. I expect him to see around that 70 target number that he had last year. That still leaves plenty on the bone for Drake London. Russell Gage vacates 94 targets last year that he had in just 14 games. So I think you're going to be talking about at least 120 targets for Drake London. And of all the rookie wide receivers heading into 2022, I think this is for sure has the highest upside of breaking out right away. These rookie wide receivers these days, can hit right out of the gate. You don't need to wait for that year three breakout. If it takes you till year three to break out, you're done. You're out. No one, no one wants you anymore, right? So when we're looking at that, for me, uh, when you're looking at Drake London, where he's being ranked right now is insanity. And I will usually tell dynasty owners to kind of chill. All of these rookies are players that you've been talking about for months. You've been you've been strategizing to try to get on your team. Uh, in your rookie drafts, and, and these guys are extremely valuable in dynasty formats. And usually in redraft leagues, I'm telling people, no, you go with the vets. Don't under, don't, don't overvalue these rookie prospects. But Drake London, I think, is going to be the exception to that rule for me in 2022. You look at Traylon Burks should have an early path to some decent target numbers as well, while be it on an offense that isn't super high volume. But you look at Garrett Wilson, I think he's got some target competition there in New York. Uh, Dotson, I, I just don't, I just don't see it right out of the gate for sure. James, uh, Jameson Williams, obviously dealing with that injury. When you look at London, I, I think he's clearing away of this rookie class, the guy that has the, the quickest path to targets. Um, and even with them being maybe low quality and on a bad offense, you look at where he's ranked right now, wide receiver 40 and fantasy pros consensus rankings for the wide receiver position. He's ranked behind Juju Smith-Schuster, Michael Thomas, Devontae Smith, Tyler Lockett, DeAndre Hopkins. That'll obviously, that should probably change. Brandon Ayuk, Alan Lazard, baby. Come on, man. Drake London, put him in there. He's going to be just outside the top 30 for me, and I think he's got really high upside if you want to take a shot on a receiver in those middle rounds This of this rookie class. This is the guy you want to own. 
Number eight on this list, a warning not to overvalue fellow rookie Chris Olave. I think for Dynasty, again, I was just had a rookie draft this last weekend. I believe he went fifth overall uh, and the third wide receiver off the board. I think Olave's Dynasty prospects should be just as high as anybody in this class. Uh, had a lot of conversations throughout the offseason. It's to this rookie class. And for me, two through eight or in Superflex or two through seven were pretty much the same guys. I didn't really care who I got. But for redraft leagues, while I'm sitting there through the month of August, drafting my team, Chris Olave will not be a rookie receiver that I'm taking a shot on because a lot of times, depending on how deep your league is on top of this, is when a rookie receiver is drafted, if they're not playing good, right, playing well right out of the gate, they're being dropped for the waiver wire fodder of the of the week, right? Those, those guys, are, you're trying to add the hot hand. I think it's going to take a little bit, a little while for Chris Olave to get going. Michael Thomas appears to be back. He's got both his ankles. That's great. They added Jarvis Landry in the offseason as well. So there's definitely a lot more target competition in New Orleans versus when you looked at how this team panned out last season. On top of that, it's very much sounding like Alvin Kamara is not going to be suspended to start the season. His 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 trial date was pushed back another two months, and that's just for this thing to get started. So when you're reading all the updates on, on Twitter or uh, on whatever app for Kamara, it sounds like he's going to be there. The other thing that concerns me is now there's reports they're going to open the offense up a bit, and that's great. But on top of all this target competition, Jameis Winston last year was really kept in check. The reins were pulled tight on this kid. New regime. Maybe they let Winston go a little bit more. But in his six starts, he only threw the ball more than 30 times once. And that's not enough target volume to go around to all these guys. If Michael Thomas is healthy and Jarvis Landry is Jarvis Landry, uh, even over the last couple of years, and Kamar is there, I don't see a lot of having an instant impact in 22. So do not overvalue rookie wide receiver Chris Olave in your redraft leagues. Go after Drake London, baby. All right. Last two players. Yes, I think we should be talking about the tight end position a little bit on this show. So let's go. First on this, first from the two tight ends to wrap this one up. Number nine, TJ Hawkinson. I'm warning you guys not to overvalue Hawk. I know that we've been waiting for the breakout. I know he's young. I still have faith in him. Uh, I've been trying to acquire this guy because, again, I think this is a little bit of the dip. I think this is it. And when you look at the Detroit Lions, more likely they're going to be getting a quarterback next season. They're going to ride Jared Goff through here. But when you look at Hawkinson right now, he has been he is being ranked in a tier with George Kittle, with Darren Waller. And his 61 receptions for under 600 yards and four touchdowns last year, albeit in an abbreviated season due to injury, I don't see Hawkinson being anywhere near what Waller and Kittle's upside is for 2022. Add in the hard knocks factor, because if this dude's face appears on that show at all, he's going to get taken, I think, even higher when you talk about him right now being ranked behind Goddard and Schultz. I think Hawkinson could see a little bit of a boost from that as well. But he's young, right? He's still, I think he still's got that little bit of sexiness to him that dynasty owners uh, will be attracted to. But for 2022 for redraft leagues, I just don't see the upside of TJ Hawkinson to take him any earlier than, you know, around eight or round nine at the earliest. They added DJ Chark this offseason, so a little bit more uh, talent there. Obviously, St. Brown is still there as well. Jameson Williams will probably not impact this team much in 2022. But when you look at the targets to go around here, I think you're looking at a lot more mouths to feed in Detroit compared to what Hawkinson was facing those first 12 games when he was healthy and on the field um, and still to get his 83 targets. I I see his pace numbers coming down just a little bit. Currently ranked as tight end eight in that second tier, like I talked about. He's clearly below those guys, uh, in my opinion. He's a tier three tight end and somebody that you shouldn't reach for. Do not overvalue TJ Hawkinson. 
Last but not least, number 10 on this list, second tight end I'm going to discuss is another player that I'm warning you guys not to overvalue. And right now he's being ranked as tight end 13. I think that's okay. He's in that he's in that tier. We're going to talk about the tight end position as we get uh, through the positional previews. It's Mike Gesicki. So many players added when you look at uh, what Tyreek Hill should demand. You talk about Cedric Wilson. You talk about Chase Edmonds. I think that this is an offense that is also... It's not, I don't think this, it's obviously changing due to the new head coach regime there in Miami. When you look at Gasicki last year, fourth among tight ends and targets, love it, 111. He brought in 73 receptions, 780 yards, and just the two touchdowns. So his overall numbers could have been much better if those touchdowns were even average, right? But when I think when you look at Mike Gasicki with all the other mouths there, the reports that he's blocking more, which hopefully should keep him on the field. I don't know that that's 100% negative, to be honest, because he was getting taken off the field at times. So I, I will throw that out there if I'm playing devil's advocate a bit here. I want Gasicki to be able to block more because I want him to be on the field all the time. I never want them to take him off. For me, Mike Gasicki is somebody that 73 for 780 and two. If he replicates that again, I think that that would be great. And I don't think that's going to happen. When you look at him from a dynasty perspective, franchise tagged by the Miami Dolphins. So he could be out of Dodge in a year. If Tua struggles, he has an out, right? If you're a dynasty owner and you like Mike Kosicki, I still think he's somebody that you can stick with. But again, I just think for redraft 2022, this is a guy that if you take him early, you'll probably be dropping him for a, for a waiver wire tight end by week two or three, because you're going to see that the targets that both Tyreek Hill and Jalen Water are demanding just does not leave enough meat on the bone for Mike Kosicki, especially with a quarterback like Tua, who hopefully should be able to support those two stud wide receivers. But I have a ton of reservations about him supporting a top 12 tight end once again in 2022, like he did last season. So there you have it. A, a couple of QBs, running backs, tight ends, and four wide receivers. These are the players that dynasty owners should, should avoid looking to over or undervalue in 2022 redraft leagues. Again, Appreciate you guys tuning into this one. Uh, this is just the first. We're just kicking it off. We're going to have the quarterback preview later on this week. Then we'll be back with the running backs next week. So stay tuned in, locked and loaded, subscribed here on the Dynasty Warzone Network. I'm going to be coming at you with that quarterback preview. Should drop either Thursday or Friday. Still working on that. I uh, want to continue to bring you guys good quality shows. So that's what the time off was all about, man. And I'm super pumped to be back. And I'm looking forward to hearing you guys from you guys. You can follow me on Twitter at KyleMonth8. That's at KyleMonth8. So give me a follow. Hit me up with any draft questions that you have throughout this draft season for redraft 2022. I know I got a bunch of leagues coming up. I was talking in another league chat today. We're we're trying to set a date whether we were maybe going to do a, a live draft versus uh, a slow draft. And and I'm just like, man, I'm, I'm full up every weekend. I already got drafts planned. So I'm sure a lot of you guys are like that out there uh, right now. So uh, whether you're just tuning into this show because you're still an avid redraft player or whether you're just trying to get be better calibrated for 2022 values, I appreciate you listening, uh, and it's good to be back. So I'll be back later on in the week. You guys take it easy. Enjoy the War Zone tomorrow uh, on Wednesday, if you guys listen to this on the podcast form, uh, as Memphis and Jerry will continue to bring it, as always. Uh, but I'll catch you guys later on in the week. I'll see you.